This podcast is sponsored by GCOR 15, RMA's Governance, Compliance, and Operational Risk Virtual Conference, June 7th to 10th. The conference will provide valuable content and peer sharing in today's complex environment with a stacked lineup of industry experts covering topics including culture, PPP litigation, climate risk, DEI, AI and machine learning, re-entry in the wake of the pandemic, and much more. For more information and to register, visit www.rmahq.org backslash G-C-O-R. Welcome to RMA's podcast series. This is Linda Tuck-Chaman, CEO of Third Party Risk Institute. Today's topic is third-party concentration risk. This is the first of a series of three podcasts on this topic because it's a pretty hot topic and there's lots to talk about. We know that every firm in every sector operates within a complex extended enterprise with extensive reliance on third, fourth, and nth party relationships. Concentration risk is quickly emerging as a top-line risk and is an increasing area of focus for many senior executives, board members, and risk professionals. Today I'm going to talk about three types of concentration risk, entity and activity, geopolitical and geographic. And, but I'm going to start with a, a little bit of a, a brief or a, a, a primer on inventory management. So inventory management in the world of third-party risk management is really foundational to any type of risk management activity. Many firms don't have a complete inventory of their third-party relationships, particularly the, an inventory for non-vendor third parties and material fourth parties. So if you're not familiar with the term non-vendor third parties, these are all the relationships that you have with, uh, with entities uh, that you're doing business with, not as a customer relationship and not as a vendor. So it's kind of the everything else. That might be an affiliate, um, a, a sponsorship, an agency, uh, correspondent banking, and so on. And material fourth parties is really one of the things I'll talk about today. There is increasing awareness that you need to know who you're doing business with what services they're delivering or supporting, the service delivery location, the types and amount of risk they expose your firm to. And if you don't have a complete inventory of your critical third-party relationships and material fourth-party relationships, you will definitely have an incomplete view of not just who you're doing business with, but it wouldn't be possible to truly understand your concentration risk. So here are some key recommendations. This comes from a white paper that I wrote with a number of members of the Third Party Risk Management Roundtable uh, that RMA sponsors. And the white paper is available through the RMA uh, website, so you can get to, get the full, the full, um, the full uh, recommendations. So I'm just going to touch on a few of them. So first of all, make sure you have a centralized data source and you do record your third party risk management uh, relationships your, excuse me, your third-party relationships in a platform or software. It's extremely difficult to do this if you're just working from spreadsheets and, uh, and a self-built uh, platform. You really do need to invest in this. You want to examine and capture the onboarding processes and controls that ensure that business segments can't engage with third parties outside of your policy. This means that you are going to have to implement uh, some forms of control in your general counsel's office, accounts payable, and with cybersecurity. And I think if you hit those three areas, it's unlikely that anything will slip through. You want to periodically reconcile uh, the information you have in these these, uh, three areas, your accounts bailable records, your contracts database, and your third-party database. And if you have uh, invested in a system, you can find that probably AI capabilities will help minimize the work effort and start to match everything up. 
So that is really uh, the foundation is make sure you have an inventory, make sure it's accessible and you've got the right fields in there that you can do some analysis. So let me talk about the first form of concentration risk, which is entity and activity level concentration risk. Now, these actually are two different things. Entities, obviously, are the, the company you're doing business with, and the activity is something that's internal. But you can treat them as one and the same when you're looking at third-party concentration risk. So entity concentration risk results when you place a heavy reliance on a single, third, or fourth party to support your organization. This occurs when a single third party performs multiple services, usually has a high volume of work, and supports more than one critical activity. Entity level concentration risk can also be caused by fourth party usage when multiple third parties rely on the same fourth party provider. And this is very, uh, very apparent uh, through cloud providers or, or data center providers. Excessive reliance on a particular third or fourth party can leave your company vulnerable if there is an incident uh, or you have to transition from the third party. And it can lead into lots of you know, business interruption, overpayment for new services, and uh, all kinds of other types of losses or risk events. So our key recommendations from the white paper are as follows. First of all, identify which activities are performed by each third party. Note which of these are critical to the business owners in the enterprise and make sure you record this information in your system. Now, when you're selecting a third party, during due diligence, consider the impact of new contracts or statements of work on your entity-level concentration risk, key risk indicators if you have them, and the associated thresholds. Make sure that there's an effective challenge process that is used when appropriate and includes this information in risk acceptance documentation if, in fact, there has been a decision to move forward and to increase the entity-level concentration risk anyways. And this does happen many times. You want to decide on the threshold that you should put in place when mitigating risk is actually necessary. So how are you going to recognize it? And that's part of your key risk indicators, which would be the subject of my third uh, podcast. And you want to think about, well, what could you do? You could transition to another third party. You could possibly bring the service in-house. Or you could disperse some of the volume to other third parties. And this last one may be a roadmap item because this is not something that a lot of companies do today. But you want to determine how to treat the risk of material fourth parties that, cont- that cause higher levels of entity-level concentration risk. So that's the first type of concentration risk. The next one I want to touch on is uh, geographic level, geographic concentration risk. This can arise when the firm's internal operations and its third or fourth parties are located in the same region or depend on the same power or telecommunications physical infrastructure. We do know from the pandemic and from (laughs) risk events that have happened during the pandemic that some geographic regions can be more severely impacted than others. And this can cause some real disruptions in your service delivery. So if your firm and many of your critical third or fourth parties are in the same region, there's a risk that future natural disasters or other serious risk events can continue to have a material impact on your, your service delivery. So here's some of our top recommendations. You want to expand the scope of your third-party inventory and records. And one of the ways you might want to do this immediately is implement a questionnaire that requests your critical third parties provide you information about current, well, current and accurate information about A, location of corporate headquarters, service delivery locations, data centers, backup sites, et cetera, 
and other liturgical locations that they rely on for data storage, help desks and contact centers, etc. You also want to know, you could ask them at the same time, the same information about their material fourth parties, their essential contractors, etc. And they may not have this information, but it's certainly uh, worth asking for and worth the weight of getting it. Now, another thing that a lot of firms have found very, very helpful is geomapping the information. So you have a visual record of your concentration risk. And you may have this available in your third-party risk management platform, but there are also several no-cost tools available, such as uh, there is a geomapping um, uh, functionality that's available through Microsoft at no additional charge if you're a Microsoft user. Now, when you're developing risk mitigation strategies, there's a few things to consider. If can you put in place a multi-regional or third-party or multi-third-party uh, sourcing strategy? And could you require your existing third parties to move some of those services and deliver them from a different facility or a different location? Is it possible to source other third parties with operations in different regions? And can you maintain some in-house staff to handle some of your most important activities? And we certainly saw the value of this during the pandemic, where uh, firms were able to recover much, much more quickly if they had retained some expertise in-house. And I would suggest that when you're outsourcing, this, is a, this really is a best practice, is don't outsource everything. Make sure you understand what, what, uh, what the services are all about so that you can actually stand them up yourself if you have to. Now, uh, we have also, through the pandemic, learned that a lot of our contracts need to be improved. So you want to make sure that your, your standard contract provisions have notification and approval requirements that allow you to maintain some level of control over geographic concentration risk. So you want to make sure that, uh, that, uh, that where you have very high levels of geographic concentration and risk, especially if it's compounded by entity-level concentration risk, you want to really have some insight into business continuity and disaster recovery planning. You want to understand uh, the, the testing, results of testing, and whether or not you can participate in testing. And you also want to keep a very close eye on the financial condition of these uh, third parties where you have such a high reliance. You also want to, uh, want to consider asking your critical third parties to attest that they hold their material fourth parties to the same high standards that you're holding them to and that they have similar levels of risk insight and oversight. And so uh, implementation of this particular recommendation may require some changes to due diligence and contract contracting practices in your th material third parties. But you want to work with them because this is worth it to, to get this, uh, this uh, extra assurance. Now, when you're doing your analysis and risk identification, you really want to define what do you mean by geographic reach for your geographic concentration risk? Is it a city? Is it a 75-mile radius? Is it a region, a country, whatever? But make sure you understand what, what you're asking for because uh, otherwise you won't really have, um, have a good handle on the information and you won't be able to gather it properly. Once you have this, you want to identify those regions or areas with the highest number of hits which would be a combination of your operations, third-party uh, operations, and material fourth-party operations. And that's when you can start to see where you truly have con a high le higher levels of geographic concentration risk. You want to understand what exactly is the, the exposure they have there. Is it high uh, transaction processing? Do they have lots of data? Are there lots of uh, core or critical services there, data centers, etc.? So once you, once you see it, make sure you understand why is it a risk.
you want to triage the results of your analysis to, dis to really to identify what are the highest sources of risk. And so once you, once you get there, you can make sure that this information also gets into your business impact analysis processes. So you've got the businesses keeping an eye on it as well. So once again, think about ways to mitigate this risk and whether or not it's possible, feasible, financially you know, feasible to, to uh, reduce the risk by moving some of this stuff. Now, very closely related to geographic concentration risk is country and geopolitical risk. And country and geopolitical risk themselves are quite inseparable. And they should be considered when you're identifying and treating geographic concentration risk. So let me talk about what we mean by country and geopolitical risk. This is, um, this is a, a really when third or fourth parties are proposed for or located in higher geopolitical risk countries or regions. You want to think about all these different factors. The geography, which is, you know, is it accessible? What's the weather like there? What's the political climate like? Stability of government and the economy. Do they have a history of nationalizing businesses? I certainly have seen this myself in my career. And do they have other practices that might be unfriendly to your company? What is their regulatory environment like? Their regulators, their regulations, and their history of enforcement actions. Uh, do they have adequate infrastructure, essential infrastructure that is, so it's, uh, it's roads, power, telecommunications? What are their crime rates like? Because you really do need to consider safety and security considerations. And of course, there's always the threat of intellectual property theft. What is the availability of the skilled workforce? Volumes and sources of skilled labor, their education rates, employment laws, and, and the impact of all of these things on your obligations and, and costs because anything that the third party is, is signed up for, and you will indirectly be signed up for. And the impact of culture on operational expectations, um, the, the, the track record for the specific region, et cetera. I think if you understand the country and geopolitical risk, when you're looking at your geographic concentration risk, it will be a good source of information. So once again, this is Linda Takjaman uh, for third-party concentration risk in the RMA's podcast series. And uh, I, I invite you to uh, join me for uh, part two, which is talking about other forms of, of uh, third-party concentration risk. So thanks very much for listening.